passage of Scripture today, and uh, I want to uh, I want the I want the Word of God to speak to us today on this special Sunday. I don't want you to just hear my stories or hear what I have to say. I want God's Word to speak to us, and and um, so I pray that your ears would be attentive and your heart would be open to what God has for us today. Book of Revelation is the last book of the Bible. It's a Bible written by a man named John, a apostle of Christ. John has been uh, taken to the Isle of Patmos, and there he's a prisoner because he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is there on this isle, and as he's there as a prisoner here upon the Isle of Patmos, the Bible tells us that uh, uh, God allows John to get a picture of what the future is going to be like. Now, Revelation is a very difficult book to understand. It goes along with some books in the Old Testament as well to study it and, and, and understand the future. We're not going into that here this morning. But I go to this verse to start where we're going to be this morning because I want us to see what Jesus Christ says about himself. Jesus says in verse number 18 of chapter number one, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. This is Jesus speaking. He describes, he says, this is who I am. I am alive, and uh, I am the one that's alive and was dead. He is alive forevermore. And so it's not just us saying this. This is what Jesus says about himself in his word. He is alive forevermore. And so we come here to this resurrection uh, Sunday to celebrate the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ. We come here to celebrate the, the death, yes, and the, the blood that was shed, but also the fact that he's not in the grave any longer. He is risen from the dead. You see, when his uh, uh, followers, the, the few ladies came to that empty tomb on that resurrection morning, and they saw that empty tomb, and they ran back, and other apostles came to, to look. And, and once it got word, the, those that placed Jesus there, that, that, that killed Jesus, they, they thought this, the disciples are going to go tell that they, they've moved him, but they're going to say he resurrected from the grave. They were afraid of this event. But the reality is this, his apostles didn't move him. The disciples didn't just place him in another tomb. The reality is this, on that third morning, God himself resurrected Jesus Christ from the grave. And we now serve a risen savior. And Jesus says, I am alive forevermore. And that gives us a purpose and a reason to be here this morning. Matter of fact, it gives us a purpose and a reason to be here every Sunday morning when we gather. We gather each Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. Now, as I get into this message, there is a great responsibility resting in the hands of Christians in this moment in history. They call this time that we're living in a post-Christian culture. People don't believe the Bible like they once did. Less attend church than, than, than go to church on a weekly basis. Matter of fact, I read a statistic. They said this, if you attend one out of every seven services that your church has, you're considered a, a good attender at your church. I used to, I, I heard someone, another preacher say this. I was um, um, on drugs when I was a kid. I was drugged to church three times a week. You know, every, every time the doors were open, my dad probably goes with pastoring. I was always at the church. It seems like I was there more than I was home but we live in a post-Christian culture. And it's important for Christians to be clear 
about the Christian message. Religion has really messed up and confused a lot of people. Church has messed up and confused a lot of people. And I want you to understand today we're not talking about religion. Today we're talking about Jesus Christ. We're talking about a personal relationship with Christ. There's so much confusion about Christianity. There's so much confusion about the Bible in the culture that we're living in today. But today is the Resurrection Sunday. We as Christians believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. We believe that he was dead, that he was placed in a tomb, and that his body raised from the dead, and that he is alive, like he said in Revelation, alive forevermore. We believe that as Christians. We believe in the resurrection of our Savior. And Christian people are here to give that Christian message. I said in the first service and in the 930 service as well, that what we were going to preach about and speak about this morning, I was going to speak about and not apologize for it because we were going to simply use Scripture. I believe this. If you're a Christian, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior more than any other time in history, we need to be clear about our message. We need to be clear that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. We need to be clear that Jesus came to this world and gave his life so that you and I could be reconciled back to God. Jesus, we need to be clear that he was placed in that grave and he rose again on the third day. And we need to be clear that Jesus said, I am alive forevermore. We need to make sure that we are teaching and preaching that what we're speaking about is a personal testimony what Jesus is saying of Jesus Christ, and we could have a personal relationship with Jesus as well. I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts, if you would, please. Acts chapter number one. We're going to be in several passages of Scripture. If you're able to find these Scriptures, wonderful. We uh, ask that you do, but if not, don't worry about it. Just sit and listen to what's being read and talked about here today. Acts chapter number one. On Sunday mornings, we're preaching through the book of Acts, and we are in chapter number two on a normal Sunday. We're going to be back and forth here today. How many of you remember that story of Peter when he denied Christ? You remember that story? Jesus said to Peter before his crucifixion, Peter, there's going to be a time that you're going to deny me. And Peter said, no, I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll never deny you. I will go to the death for you. And in matter of fact, when they came to the garden to get Jesus, Peter took out a sword and cut the, the uh, ear of that Roman soldier off. And, and, and he, he was going to go to fight to the death. Until it came down to it, guess what Peter did? He denied Christ, just like Jesus said that he would. And Peter lost hope. And Peter didn't lose his faith, but he lost hope. Peter was discouraged. But Peter got his hope back. And what got Peter's hope back was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're going to find in Acts chapter number one, look with me in verse number one, uh, chapter one, verse number one, in the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom also he had showed himself alive for his passion by many infallible proofs. Jesus, after his resurrection, he showed himself first to the 11. And then Paul tells us that he showed himself to over 500 people for a 40-day period, being seen of them 40 days 
in speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. We find here that in this passage of scripture, Jesus, after his resurrection and before his ascension, he showed himself to some 500 people and he showed them infallible proofs. He proved to them that he was the resurrected savior. You know, I wonder, could it be that we as Christians have made so much of, of how to live in this world that we've, we forgot, we forgot that there's another world to come? I thought about that often this week as I was studying the things that, that uh, we put our mind in and with things that we give our heart to. Is it, is it true that we as Christians think more of this world than the world to come? Are we living for this world more than we are for the world that's going to come? Are the things of this world and the desires of this world, do they have a, a hold on us? You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ ought to free us from all of those things. Many a times we lose hope and we get discouraged because of the events of this world. But listen to me this morning, if you've lost hope or you've been discouraged as a Christian, I, I want you to understand this, that the resurrection Sunday, it's the most hopeful Sunday for all of us because in the resurrection, all of us can find hope, every one of us. Friday evening, my wife and I and the Coxes, we were at a restaurant Friday after the service we had here and it was late and we were tired and we were talking to the waitress like we normally do if we're out. And one of the things we asked the waitress is if she knew Christ as her savior. And she began to really get into something. Matter of fact, she said, hold on, I'm gonna go get something out of my car. And she, I said, are you gonna get in trouble? She said, no, they love me here. And she went out and got something out of her car and and had folders of stuff. I mean, she'd give me all this information. I was just listening to her. And I asked her this when she was done. I said, do you believe that God is the creator of this universe? And she said, yes. I said, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? And she says, I do. And I said, but you're throwing all of these things. You're adding all of this other stuff. I mean, it was, there was a lot there. And she said this to me. She said, well, when I first started reading the Bible, she said, I was hungry. I couldn't get enough. And she said, I went to church, but I wasn't getting fed from church. And so I started going out on my own and finding all of this stuff. I mean, she was pulling some really, really far out stuff into adding it to the Bible, adding it to Christ, adding it to uh, uh, what Christ did upon the cross to the place where we weren't talking about Christ any longer. We were talking about all these things, the universe and all the things that, that uh, uh, it does. And, and, and she was putting her faith in all of these things. And I said to her this, I said, you're, caught, you're allowing religion, you're allowing all of those things to cloud the, the reality, the fact that Jesus is the only way to heaven. I told her I was going to get her that book done and bring it back to her. And I asked her, I said, do you mind if we had several conversations? And she said, yeah, come on back and we could talk more about this. She lost hope. She was searching and trying to find truth and she couldn't find it. And she found so many other things that now have confused her. Religion has confused mankind. We find in Acts chapter number one, Jesus, he shows them through infallible proofs or he shows them reality. He guarantees them what I said that I was going to rise from the dead. It happened. Listen, we as Christians serve a risen Savior. Our Savior is not in the grave. 
Our religion is not in, in man. Our religion is not in buildings. Our religion is, is not in tradition. What we believe is Jesus Christ is the Son of God, born of a virgin, came to this world for one reason, that was to seek and to save that which was lost. He went to the cross and he shed his blood. There was nothing you and I could do to merit salvation on our own. No matter how good we try, we sin. I have five children, and I've been married for 20 years, and, and, and five children in those 20 years, and, and I try my best to be a good husband, and you know what I often find? That I fail, I sin. I could go days by being a good husband, and all of a sudden, guess what, I mess up. I try to be a good father, but guess what happens? I, I can go a few days with being a good father, and guess what, I fail, I, I sin, I mess up. I try to be a good pastor, but at times I fail, I sin, I mess up. I try to be a good human being, a good Christian, but you know what I find? I, I fail at times and I sin, and no matter how hard I try to be good, I can't be good enough to be saved by my own merit. I needed someone to pay my sin debt because I'm a sinner, but Jesus Christ, he came, he lived a sinless life, he lived a perfect life, and he went to the cross, and when he died upon the cross, he paid a debt that I owed because he was perfect and holy, and he shed his blood, that blood was sufficient payment for the debt that I owed. And when that blood was placed before God, he said, that's sufficient. No other payment is needed. And if you believe today, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But it doesn't end there. The Bible also says this, that he was placed into a grave and he rose from the dead, conquering hell and conquering death. And I can have everlasting life. My sin debt is paid for and I can have everlasting life because of the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. That is what the Bible says about salvation. Jesus was buried and he rose again to live forevermore. You see, God demanded that your sin and my sin be paid for. And Jesus Christ paid that sin debt upon the cross. And the cross of Calvary satisfied a holy God's demand for payment of our sin. Turn with me to Acts chapter two, would you please? Just a page over. We come to a time in history, it's the day of Pentecost. Jesus has ascended. He's left his disciples. The Holy Spirit of God comes upon them and they begin to preach. Peter stands and Peter says these words, ye men of Israel, in verse number 22 of chapter two, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David, this is King David speaking of David, the author of the Psalms, speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved." Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the way of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David 
that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing that before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. David was not prophesying of himself, but David was prophesying of Jesus. Now this was something different. They've never heard this preached before. See, they grew up, these were Jews that grew up at this day of Pentecost. They, they had heard the scriptures. They've heard the Psalms. They knew of King David. They knew of the, 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 the uh, Psalms that were read. They grew up learning these and singing these songs. But Peter says to them, he stands and says something so bold. He says that with such power, he says, I want you to understand something. What David was saying was not what David was saying of himself. What David was prophesying was this very Jesus that you, you put upon the cross, that you slain, that God raised from the dead. David was prophesying of Jesus of Nazareth. He is the one that David said. He is the one that David told us of. And this was something new to the Jews. This is the first that they're hearing this. And their response to this was that 3,000 people trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior that day. And Peter was preaching the gospel message, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And how could Peter, just a few weeks earlier, he's denying Christ, he's hopeless, he's discouraged, and now he's standing with such boldness because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it gave Peter hope. Oh, hear me this morning. The resurrection of Jesus Christ can give you hope as well. Whatever you're going through in life, it can be overcome because Jesus Christ overcame death. You can have strength. Listen, we don't pray to a dead person. We don't pray to a, to a tomb that has a body in it. We don't pray to, a, to a, 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 a good person that lived upon this earth, a good teacher. We pray to the Son of God that's sitting on the right hand of the Father that is not buried any longer, that rose from the dead by the power of God. And if that is who we're praying to, if that's who we're serving, if that is our Jesus, then he can overcome any situation that we're going through in our life. We can find strength in him. We can find hope in him. Peter had lost all hope, but he came and he preached this message because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want you to turn to another passage of scripture, if you would please, this morning, the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. I know this is several passages and on a morning like this morning, but I, I want the Bible to speak for us today and to us today. I want you to see in scripture what Jesus says through inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter number two, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. And Paul says this in verse number one, chapter two, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And you hath he quickened. Now Paul is preaching to a church at Ephesus, where they heard the gospel. 
They heard the good news of Jesus Christ. Someone stood before them and proclaimed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They proclaimed that he went to the cross. They proclaimed that, that, that they were sinners and, and that Jesus is the, the way to salvation. And, and they, couldn't, they, they confessed their sin. They trusted Christ as their Savior. They believed in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And Paul, now writing to this church of believers, he says this, and you hath he quickened. Or that word quickened means this, hath he made alive. You were dead in trespasses and sin, but because of salvation, you're alive today. Please write this down in your heart someplace. Salvation is the only thing that makes a person alive. Religion can't make a person alive. A church can't make a person alive. Baptismal waters don't make a person alive. Good works can't make a person alive. Giving money doesn't make a person alive. Going and doing good deeds and feeding the poor, you could travel around the world and give everything you have to feed the poor, and none of that will make you alive. The only thing that can quicken you or make you alive is the precious blood and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He makes you alive. Well, hear me this morning. This is where eternity rests. Easter Sunday morning, resurrection morning is, it's like Super Bowl Sunday for pastors. It really is. It's a big day. I mean, when I looked out this morning in that 930 service, I mean, literally, they, they moved me. I was sitting on the front row and they told me I had to leave so they could use that front row. Well, when I look back and I saw a packed house, I kept reminding myself, this is, this is where it rests, heaven and hell. It's what it's about. As I started this service, I looked out and saw each and every one of you here, and I said the same thing in my heart, Lord, this is where it rests, heaven and hell right here. I don't want to confuse anything this morning. I don't want anybody to get the, 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 the wrong thought. I, I want to point people back to Jesus this morning. I, I don't want anybody to be confused about Christianity this morning. I want it to be very clear what we believe and why we believe it. I want to be very clear this is about Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. If you're a guest here today being a Baptist, attending a Baptist church, it won't save you. Oh, we could take and take you into the waters of baptism, and if that's all we're doing, then, then that won't save you. As that offering plate went by, if you put, and I hope you did put a million-dollar check in that offering plate, we'll like you a lot, but it won't save you. The only thing that can save a soul is the payment that Jesus Christ made upon the cross and the power of his resurrection. That's where it comes down to. It's where eternity rests. You see, according to this verse, you're either alive or you're dead. And the only way to be alive is by trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, believing what he did upon the cross, a sufficient payment for your sin, believing that he went into that grave and he rose again on the third day. Listen, if you grew up in church and you had a, a badge that said a 100% attendance, I had one, I think I still have it, I gave it to someone. We had some badges that uh, someone made and, and we were wearing this morning and someone saw it and asked if they could have it. But if that badge said 100% perfect attendance, Never missed a church service from an infant to an to a elderly person as you passed, and you never missed a church service. Listen to me, miss, never missing a church service is, is not sufficient to get you to heaven. 
Being a good person is not sufficient enough to get you to heaven. Being baptized at any age is not sufficient enough to get you to heaven. Only Christ can make you alive. Religion can't get you to heaven. Only Christ can make you alive. Every human being is dead spiritually when they're born in this world. You and I, when we were born, we were all born dead in trespasses and sin. We were all born with a sin nature. No one ever had to teach you to sin. It's in us. It's our nature. We sin because we're sinners. But the resurrection is a supernatural work of God. And when you repent of your sin and come by faith to Jesus Christ, you will have eternal life. Oh, let me be so clear of this this morning. The only way to heaven, the only way for eternal life is through the finished work of the cross. There's no other requirement. There's no other way. It's not the cross plus something else. It's not the cross plus what you can do. It's not the cross plus the church. It's not the cross plus religion. It's Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. He went to the cross for a sinful human race. We owed that debt that he paid, and he paid that debt that he didn't know so that we could be reconciled back to God. And when a person repents of their sin and comes to Jesus Christ, God does a supernatural work inside of you. He quickens you or makes you alive when we were once dead. Do you know Christ today? You see, there's so much confusion about religion. But what I'm saying today is salvation is a personal encounter with Jesus. Have you had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ? Romans 10.9 tells us this, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Let let, let me break that down. He says, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There is nothing more that can be added to this. It's Christ in Christ alone. There's no salvation apart from believing Jesus Christ has risen from the grave. I attended a funeral not long ago and the pastor that did the funeral there preached a a wonderful message on the cross. He preached about the death of Christ and through the death of Christ, the shedding of blood was our remission of sin and what a wonderful, I mean, he was so accurate in preaching that and and then when I thought he was going to go to the resurrection and talk about because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we can have life through him, he stopped. He said, everyone bow your heads and Do you want to be saved today? And never mention the resurrection. I sat there in the seat and my heart was troubled. I thought to myself, how can he convince them that they're saved without mentioning the resurrection of Jesus Christ? 
You see, the Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What does it take for a person to be saved? It takes a person to repent of their sin. It takes a person to believe what Jesus Christ did upon the cross. It takes a person to believe that he was placed in that grave and he rose again. You see, the good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ is the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. With the re- because of the resurrection, he overcame death and he overcame life. And he says that we read in Revelation 1.18, I live forevermore. And if Christ lives forevermore, he can offer you everlasting life today as well. You see, Romans 3.23, it says this, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody here. If you came into this church this morning and you thought you were going to come into a perfect place where there's perfect people, let me tell you this. There's not one perfect person in this church. We're all sinners. We all sin. We all fail. The Bible says every one of us have sinned, and because of that sin, we come short. That means this. We can't obtain, attain God because of our sin nature. The Bible goes on with more bad news. It says this in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. That means if we're all sinners, the cost or the payment for our sin is death. Boy, if we stopped right there, it'd be a sad day. There'd be nothing to rejoice in. We'd leave here without any hope. We'd leave here trying to figure out what can I do? And, and, and this is where man has, has failed. Man has left it right there saying then that I must do something to merit heaven because I want heaven. I must do something. I must be good enough. I must be religious enough. I, may do, I must do something so that I can be sure that I can go to heaven. But you know what? Nothing that man can do can get earn his way to heaven. Jesus Christ paid that sin debt. I'm so glad that Romans 6.23 doesn't stop with the wages of sin is death. It goes on to say this, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The gift of God. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to go to the cross. That gift, that gift gives us eternal life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. But it doesn't stop there. He says in verse number four, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to Scripture. Paul said he, was, he died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again. So what do you do with this? Romans 10, 13 says this, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know that word whosoever? Put your name there. When I read that, that word whosoever sounds like such a, a large amount of people, does God really know me? And the reality is this, when God looked down the portals of time, he saw you. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, for you. And I could read that verse, for if Jeremy shall call upon the name of the Lord, Jeremy shall be saved. And if you call upon the name of the Lord today, the Bible says you shall be saved as well. As I read Romans 10, 9, if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Another verse that so many know, but oh, it's so clear 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, put your name there, if you'll believe on him, you shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus makes this so very clear. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to heaven outside of Jesus Christ. Man has tried since the beginning of time to get to heaven his own way. Religion has tried to convince man that you can get to heaven your own way. Good works have tried to get man to think that he can get to heaven his own way. Matter of fact, religion has even told some, there's no way you can get to heaven, but Jesus said you can. Oh, hear me today. There's not a person that has sinned too much that God can't save you and forgive you. There's not a person here that has done too much wrong that God himself isn't willing to forgive you because it's not upon you that he forgives you. It's upon the work of Jesus Christ is where he offers forgiveness. You see, the cross is the way to heaven. Every person in this room, every person that's ever been born has sinned. And every single person that has sinned deserves death. But Jesus Christ paid your sin debt. Will you put your faith in Jesus Christ today? I'm not asking you to put your faith in religion. I'm not asking you to put your faith in church. I'm not asking you to put your faith in your works. I'm not asking you to put your faith in baptism. I'm not asking you to put your faith in good, good deeds. I'm asking you, have you ever put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Admitted that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ went to the cross to pay your sin debt. Believe that he rose again from the dead. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. Would you close your eyes and pray with me this morning? Before we pray, I want to ask you, 